Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fantastic Minute, the show where we talk about Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox, one minute at a time. My name is Tyler Boudreaux. And I am Condra Boudreaux. And we're the Amateur Nerds. Okay, we're going to talk about Minute 25 of Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox. Minute 25 starts with Mr. Fox and Kylie sneaking through the woods, and it ends with Christofferson expressing his concern. Condra, let's start. We have one continuous scene here, so let's just kind of start doing chronologically. We have... Fox and Kylie sneaking through the woods, talking about how they're going to break into Bean's secret cider cellar. And Kylie being very concerned that they're sneaking into Bean's house, which is a fair point. Bean is definitely the scariest of them all. This is definitely the riskiest thing they're doing. Yeah, but at the same time, like, stealing is stealing, right? I mean, they're, I don't know. It's not like they're going through the front door. I mean, if I was burglarizing a cellar, I would consider it to be relatively similar to like burglarizing like a barn or something this is this is me i think there's some connection though where it's inside the house kind of thing so there is a risk of him coming in where the barn it's a little further away you can usually get a little more like heads up from it like if someone's coming where the seller it could be this immediate thing speaking of uh burglarizing do you remember that old show on like discovery channel where these two guys were like ex-burglars and they would like break in it was like a reality show where they would like test break into people's houses and they'd be like no you don't remember i don't remember this at all the closest thing it's just reminding me of is that um old nickelodeon show finders keepers no no this is like real life they would like go to people's houses first they would just scope out houses and be like let's see like if there's this neighborhood seems like we could break into it and then they'd like knock on the door and be like hey we're these guys we're doing a show and then they'd like do a practice like break in of the house on camera and the people would like watch in a van while these two guys broke into their houses and the people would like cry while their all their stuff was being stolen <laughs> fake stolen yeah and uh and then at the end of the show they would like install like security measures in the house I mean, that's nice of them, but it also sounds super creepy, and I don't like it. I'm Googling it right now. Well, I can keep talking. It takes, it takes a Thief? I don't Let's remember see. this at all. It Takes a Thief is an American reality television series that originally aired on the Discovery, Discovery Channel. The program stars and is hosted by Matt Johnston and John Douglas Rainey, two former thieves who use their unique expertise to teach people in an unusual way to protect their properties. I'm assuming it was funded by uh, security companies. Oh, definitely. And honestly, it <laughs> sounds a lot like the storyline. You probably don't watch it, but I'm a big watcher of Tangled Ever After, the television show on Disney Channel <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't sum me up at all. And Flynn's character, um, so Flynn Ryder, or Eugene Fitzherbert, he is no longer a thief in Corona, but he teaches the Royal Guard how thieves think so they can be better Royal Guards. So it sounds a lot like that. Ah, I don't know. Every once in a while I remember that this old reality show existed and I get really, like, creeped out. <laughs> Rightfully so. So anyway, anyway they're, bra- they're breaking into Bean's <laughs> cellar. And Kylie is not too happy about it. No, and but, then we, but Ash is. Ash is, yes. Ash shows up because Kylie is questioning they're breaking into his house. And then Fox is like, no, we're breaking into his cellar. And then Ash appears out of nowhere in a cool sort of like reveal because they're walking right to left in camera. And they like walk behind a tree. And then all of a sudden they come back out from the tree and 
Ash is there with them, and Ash is like, beneath his house, which is a distinction that Fox was making. It's not a great distinction, but it's there, I guess. As someone who used to live in a basement, I'd be very creeped out if just some some people were burglarizing the basement. Or some foxes. Or some foxes. You know, both. Um, Foxes come in, steal your secret cider. Oh yeah, definitely. Or my secret merch. Merchandising. So this altercation then between Ash and Mr. Fox gets pretty... Verbal altercation. Verbal altercation. It's a very weird dynamic because it's, again, Ash just wanting to mean something to his father. And Mr. Fox just... Or just do something cool. And Mr. Fox is just... He treats him like he's three. He even counts down to him kind of thing, which is something a 12-year-old definitely doesn't appreciate. And, like, this transition to growing up that Mr. Fox can't quite figure out. To, To use the counting thing... Mr. Fox does the parenting thing of, like, counting to three. And it's like, oh, it's so funny. It's really Uh, good. It's really well-timed. Like, it's so fast and so, like, sharp that it is a really good moment kind of thing. But it also is very demeaning for Ash. Well, it is. But it's funny that that sort of thing works on a 12-year-old. And I think that's true. I feel like that would still work on me. If someone, like, counted to three, I'd be like, oh, crap. I got to do whatever... (laughs) thing they're telling you to do before they reach three or else i'm gonna get in trouble <laughs> you probably like would like, let's be honest it's, it's just a psychological thing that gets ingrained in you yeah i still think though there's something i don't know mr fox and ash's relationship is just so complicated and it really frustrates me sometimes why do you have to go and make things so complicated mr fox um also the just go back to the tree and do your homework like He's treating him like he's such a kid. And, like, yeah, he's 12. Yeah, because he's small and uncoordinated. But, like, and that's also, like, an attack. You don't, like, oh, you can't do this. You're small and uncoordinated. Like, that's so mean to someone who's already, like, he knows his son. He he should know that his son is already having these issues right now because of Christofferson. Like, well, he he doesn't know that. And that's part of the problem for Mr. Fox. Absolutely. That's like, that's all of it. It's like, he should be realizing that he's not helping. Well, yeah. And it's also interesting because Mr. Fox is like, no, we're not going to steal cider. No one said cider. But then he kind of just like, no, you won't. And even if we were like, you wouldn't be able to help because you're small and uncoordinated or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then we get cuss number 16. Oh, yeah. For some reason, I knew there was a cuss in this minute. But then when I was watching the minute, I never actually heard it. So what does he say? What is it? He says, how the cuss did he catch on or something like that? Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. See, it was one of those things I started watching them in, and I'm like, I think there's a cuss that comes up, and it came up, and I was like, cuss 16! That scene always confuses me. Uh, so after they send Ash away, Mr. Fox said, where did he get off? How did the cuss did he get tipped off? Now, tipped off, I know what that means. It means, like, how did he hear that they were stealing? Yeah. But where but the where did he get off? I don't he, know what that means. Yeah, I'm very confused by that too because I Yeah, no, it just does it sounds more like a train kind of thing or like a or I don't even know. It's it's a really weird phrase and that kind of it caught me every time I was watching this minute for recording like what did he say there? Did I hear that right? Yeah, it's um, always been confusing to me what that means. Maybe it's just Ash ruffled Mr. Fox's feathers, and he's not as poised as he normally is. 
Well, if if Ash heard about it, then maybe Felicity has. Yeah. So I don't know. Big risk. But of course, it's it's all revealed to be hypocrisy later on. But let's not get there yet because before before that we have Mr. Fox talking to Kylie, and Kylie spaces out again. Relatable. We get some swirly eyes, and this time this time this one's a big one because Fox says, you know, we need to think of a signal for when this happens. So I know it's what I'm saying is getting through to you. And then Kylie like lifts his right paw claw. And it's like, is that the signal? And we're meant to assume that it is the signal. Before that, they run by a couple signs, only one of which is fully shown. Um, and it doesn't make any sense. I wrote it down. It, in four lines, says WSSWB. The second line is SV3, and then in a box, 862. And then it says size and distance, and underneath size is the number 34, and then underneath distance is the number 3. So that literally didn't make any sense. I didn't look up to see if the letters abbreviated to anything that would correlate with the movie, but I doubt it. Just because, like, the WSSWB doesn't sound, like, the letters don't connect to anything readily associated with this movie or Roll Doll. Or, excuse me, rule doll. And other than the size and distance, which I would assume maybe is some sort of farming, like, this far to the farm, or, like, you're on this path kind of thing, like a like a trail marker, I was thinking. Yeah, but I honestly don't know. Not, not trail marking, but it might be agricultural marking, though. I don't know. I don't know about farms. And then we should the, get a farmer on this podcast. But then the other farm <laughs> sign, it says farm. And that's about all you can read. So I really don't know what's going on in that one either. So it's too interesting. It's interesting because in all of the other background paper shots or like readable sign shots that are shown throughout the movie, you've been able to at least read some sentence. And this is kind of the first time that it is background for truly background sake, as opposed to like a little fun insert. Yeah, there's no skunk ferret. In there's this. no skunk ferret. Alas, I, I did. I did not saw either of the signs. Neither of them opened up my eyes. So I have no input on this. Yeah, I just, I saw them. Well, because I tried to look at them closer because there is no music in this minute, which is super weird. <laughs> it is so quiet. And the first two times I watched it, I was like, this is a very like exposition minute. And that's literally, I wrote down like exposition minute instead of like fantastic minute. And then I was like, wait a second. I don't think there's any music. So I had to watch it one more time and I was like, there is no music in this whole scene, which is super weird because I can't think of any other like really major moment thus far that hasn't had any score under it. There's like short clip like moments, but then it like punches right back in like heroes and villains. It goes quiet for a little bit. Um, You have like a very short bit um, when Kylie and Mr. Fox are talking in the tree, but nothing a minute long think, of silence. I think there's more things with no music than you think. I think off the top of my head, I don't think the Badger Fox scene has music in it. No, it does, because they have the score of um, Boggus Buns and Bean in the background. <laughs> Except when they're going around no, they in the play the little fighting. song. They, no, they play the little song. But when he's doing all his exposition of, like, Boggus eats 12 chickens a day, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that does. That, that has score... But just the scene of them talking doesn't. You're right that we might not have had a full minute, but 
It just there, feels like a really long sig- time. There have been significant scenes where there hasn't been music. Yeah, it just feels like a really long time without it more than anything. Long time. Wrong show. So, and then as Kylie regains his spaced out state, we spaced get... Out. He says, there's another one. And, and then Christofferson shows up. It's like, what? You kicked out Ash, but now Christofferson's here? No way. But also, like, yeah, Mr. Fox, you're being a jerk right now. Surprise, surprise, Christofferson's here, and you're playing favorites. Yeah, just evident of the problem that Christofferson is Mr. Fox's and everybody's favorite and is clearly more useful in burglarizing scenarios. And Mr. Fox is like, no, it's all good. He's supposed to be here and like gives him a bandit hat right away. And he puts it on his little head and it's the cutest little thing. (laughs) Yeah, he is cute with the bandit hat. He just like looks so wide, like his eyes, which are already so big, just look even bigger in the bandit hat. I guess bandit hats just fit everyone. Do they have to size the bandit hats? This is what I want to know. Because Kylie has a different shaped head than everyone else. Well, I mean, bandit hats or ski masks are usually like that stretchy hat. Mat- they they have like spandex in them usually or some sort of stretch material. I think it would be interesting if they had balaclavas. Oh my god, that'd be so funny. <laughs> I just remembered, I just remembered uh, for the listening audience at home, uh, I saw Avengers Infinity War last night, but Condra hasn't up! seen it yet. And I, like, I just wanted to make a joke to her, but I couldn't. Because I declared the second we started our conversation, no spoilers. That was the first thing I said yeah. to him. But it's okay. It, it'll be funny when we talk about it at some point. Probably tomorrow. Uh, we get Christopherson in the bandit hat, and then there's a jump cut. A jump cut. cut. It gets it gets to be later at night, and then Christopherson saying, I don't know if we should be doing this, Uncle Foxy. But my question is, like, how long did time pass? Why is Christopherson just asking this question now? Did Christopherson not know what he was getting himself into? Like, why would he have come if he didn't agree with this in the first place? How did he sneak out? (laughs) Yeah, the cut cut is a a good edit for increasing the intensity of the moment. Because in one scene, they're just walking and then we cut and they're running. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's that's effective. But it does it does fall victim to the classic movie trope of starting a conversation in one location and ending it in another location. And everyone in between has heard the whole story. I have a problem with that in movies in general. Like, every time it happens, I'm like, hmm, maybe not. The only time I find it acceptable is in Hakuna Matata when they're walking across the tree bridge and Simba just ages. Because, like, I can imagine them doing that over and over and over again like the nerds they are. But when it's, like, a direct conversation that has a linear progress, like, it doesn't make sense. So, yeah, I think the camera work and editing in this minute is really good. The whole right to left walking with the background moving the background is much closer so it's not moving at a different pace like sophie pointed out in the previous minute like several Uh, minutes ago yeah so it's it's an interesting right to left and then you have the reveal of ash and you take a little break with the headshots of fox and kylie when kylie spaces out then you go back to the right to left and then we jump cut and now they're running right to left and you don't get bored visually in this for sure. Definitely. It's a very visually appealing, despite being so exposition heavy. And I think that's one of the strengths of this minute, because if it didn't have all this dynamic camera movement and like surprise cuts and stuff, it would be a very 
boring minute because not a lot happens. It's a very talking heavy, but and the and the, the talking doesn't add on her to faces anything. are pretty good too. Mm-hmm. When Ash is first gets there, he's like so hopeful, like yeah, I want to help. And then when he gets mad, like his ear twitches and he gets all ruffled up. And Mister Fox like puffs up and gets angry. It's definitely a it's it's a very there's a lot going on in this minute. Just just physically, the the characters look excellent in this minute they mm-hmm. don't look as fake they're re- they're really lifelike in this minute because mm-hmm. they're always moving and walking and stuff and since it's a medium shot it, it is kind of that angle which is most useful for not making like it's interesting because we get a lot of close-ups which are like okay we're clearly looking at models and we get a lot of long shots which is like okay like this is impressive model work but then these medium shots are where you really get the the animation in the in the term of the latin root where anima means life and you are bringing these things to life wow what a latin what a classics reference for all of our classics fans out here this moment really shines the art in the movie yeah it's the idea that a lot of people say oh, wow i would hang this frame up as a painting it's the idea that no, literally every shot of this movie you could hang up as a painting. <laughs> Except maybe the close-ups, because that would be dumb. Yeah. But even just the regular shots are impressive, and mm-hmm. that's... And I mean, you get the adorable line, Uncle Foxy. What more could you ask for in this minute? Yeah, forgot, we're calling him Fanny from now on. I'm not calling him Fanny. His his initials are FF Fox, remember? I know, but I will still so call him it's... Mr. Fox. Or Uncle Foxy. Or Uncle Foxy. Um, But because we don't have a confirmation of his first name, neither in the making of Fantastic Mr. Fox the book or in this movie, it might be in the Roald Dahl book. I haven't read it recently, and I probably should read it again soon. I'll have a little more time in a couple weeks when school's done for the semester. But Should we call it a day now? Would that be okay? Wow, way to rhyme. All right, this has been Minute 25 of Fantastic Mr. Fox Minute. I have been Condra Boudreau. And I've been Tyler Boudreau. We hope you join us next time for Minute 26 when maybe more things will happen. You can follow us on Twitter at Amateur Nerds. You can follow me personally on Twitter at T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. You can email us with your thoughts at AmateurNerdsPresents at gmail.com. And you can always rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or on Google Play. And we hope you join us next time on Fantastic Minute. We hope you have a fantastic day. Fantastic.